Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. This is always like a conundrum. Every pastor you might ever talk to may uh, be honest enough to say that the Christmas season might not be their most favorite season when it comes to sermon prep. Because how many ways can you slice Christmas? How many ways can you look at Christmas and go, well, I'm gonna make it fresh and exciting this year. And, uh, and if it is just up to us, uh, we're in trouble. But uh, guys, the Holy Spirit is uh, empowering each and every one of us, and I'm no exception. And so uh, I believe God's given me some words this morning that would encourage us to lean into this holiday season, this Christmas season, and see it with fresh perspective. Um, We are calling this series Signs, Miracles, and Wonders. And um, this morning, I want to talk to you about heaven's declaration. Heaven's declaration. The psalmist writes these words. He says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And as I read those words again this week, I had to look around a bit. And you know, we have Christmas trees. uh, We have uh, Christmas wreaths. We uh, listen to Christmas music. And I had to think about the fact that it seems as though the whole world is listening to the same music right now. That the whole world is breathing in the same air filled with with promise and with hope. And with evergreen. The smell of evergreen. That's what we're all doing right now. It all seems we're on the same plane, right? We're all kind of thinking the same things. And if we look at, if we look at the heavens as we do this, as if we look around, like we can see the signs of Christmas, but then we can also pull back and go, okay, what are, how are the heavens declaring this moment and this time? When I was a kid, uh, a teenager, I had this, I had a 35 millimeter camera back in the day. And um, I got made fun of because I tended to really like to take pictures of sunsets and sunrises. But I didn't really care because in my mind, heavens were declaring the glory of the Lord in those moments and in those pictures. I was drawn to them. Uh, Many of us might know that uh, astrology is making a major comeback and has been for a number of years with uh, the generations coming up behind me. Uh, Millennial generation, Gen Z, they're looking to the stars to tell them what is coming. They're looking to the stars to give them insight into their lives. Maybe some of you are checking your horoscope on a regular basis. Remember the saying, red at night, sailors delight, red in the morning, sailors take warning? We look to the heavens to even give us the weather report. That's been done for many, many, uh, many, many years. Uh, We look to the heavens uh, and we see rainbows who announce, rainbows announce that the rain is over. 
And rainbows are put in the sky. In Genesis, we, hear this, we see the story of the rainbow being put in the sky to announce the end of the rain and the promise of God. Sun dogs tell us that there's rain coming. Sun dogs tell us there's rain coming. We look to the skies. We declare that what the heavens show us is one of the ways that God speaks to us. Around here, when we remodeled this building a couple years ago, we were uh, intent on providing signage that helped people find their way. It's called wayfinding signage. And so you'll find restroom signs at the appropriate place. You'll see room signs at the appropriate place. When you drive down a highway, you see signs all around you. If it wasn't for the signage on the highways, we'd all be in trouble. We wouldn't find our way, would we? Well, this is the second Sunday of Advent. Advent means coming. So the Advent calendar, we follow that uh, a little bit around here. Um, and this year, we focus on this second Sunday of Advent. We focus on the hope of God for humanity. And we're with an emphasis on the prophetic that served as signs of the coming Messiah. That's the word I really want you to keep front and center for just a moment. Signs. Look at the signs. Last week, we talked about perspective and how it is impacted by where we sit. We said we should position ourselves. Position yourself for the future that God is calling you to. Do that now so that you're prepared for the future. That collection of talks, Tell Me Who I Am, um, helped us and in particularly last week, it helped us set up for this week because our perspective, your, your perspective and my perspective is filtered through our observations. It's filtered through our assumptions. It's filtered through our life experiences about how this world works. In order for us to see, you and I, for us to see signs of God's action all around us, Sometimes we have to change seats. Sometimes we have to do this thing of, of repositioning ourselves. And when we do, some of us, for the first time, we might be able to see the beauty that is right in front of us. It might be the first time that we can actually see that we could become the person, the human that we've been created to be. Consider that just as, just as uh, God, in order for for humanity to see another way, he had to reposition Jesus. Jesus took another seat. Jesus left where he was and came to planet Earth so that you and I could experience life. He became nobody so that you and I could become somebody. So we too, you and I, we're called to look out for the good of the other, to do what may seem unthinkable and impossible, but to consider others before ourselves. That's the mandate of Jesus. And for many of us, that is feeling like that is something that is so difficult for us to do. But this is a clearly identifiable sign of our allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. The king of the kingdom of heaven has come. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see the signs of life, of joy, of peace? Let me ask, what is the difference in your life this year than last year? As you think about the way you lived last year and the way you've lived this year, was there a distinction between the two? 
Are there obvious signs of forward movement in your life, of positive change in your life? Are you leaning into what the heavens declared on that cold night in the Judean countryside? Your king has come. Your king has come. He is here now. I wonder if you've seen the signs. Are the signs visible in you? Last night, Michigan played Iowa. And there were probably close to 70,000 people at Lucas Oil Stadium. Now, I don't know how many people or how many angels showed up when the shepherds were out in that Judean countryside on the hills nearby Bethlehem. But I know the sound of 70,000 people. I wasn't there, but I've been in that stadium before. I know the sound of 70,000 people excited about what is about to go down. Nobody's sitting in their seats. Everybody's standing. Many are jumping up and down with anticipation. The roar starts somewhere, and it starts building And pretty soon you feel like the roof is rising up off of that stadium. Now think about the roar of the angelic realm. First there was one angel that showed up and said, hey guys, guess what? And then an angelic heavenly host joined in on that Christmas morning. And I just imagine that there was not a part of these angelic bodies that were not moving, that they were jumping up and down and there there was a roar that, that started and it kept escalating and escalating and escalating, far beyond anything at Lucas Oil Stadium last night. What kind of signs were there on that first Christmas What kind of signs did those first people, the the ancient peoples of that time, what kind of signs were they looking for? What kind of signs were visible and uh, and available to them? Well, there 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 was the prophetic word, and then there were angels, and then there were more angels, and then there was a star. That's just the tip of the iceberg here. There were signs all around them. And for us to step into this this morning, I'd like us to go to Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David. I love this. The angel calls him by not just his name, but he says, son of David. Very clearly, this word from this angel was a word of recognition. Saying, hey, Joseph, I know you. I know you. Here's your name. You're the son of David. The angel said this, and he said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the, Lord within, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to, and here's the second word I want you to hear, fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. 
Let's look at a, one verse of prophecy. There were many. One verse of prophecy in Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is, the, this is the last sentence of the previous verse. This is what it was pointing to. The Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Angel, prophecy, now more angels. Luke 2. Verse eight, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in, the Beth in Bethlehem, the city of David. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Angels, prophecy, more angels, now the star. Matthew 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men, we've all heard of the three wise men, we three kings, we all know this, but what we might not know is that these wise men were also considered to be astrologers, some thinking is they were astrologers, they studied the stars, some have called them magicians, some have called them kings and mystics. They came from the east, from eastern lands. They arrived in Jerusalem. Where's the newborn king of the Jews, they asked. We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They came because of a star in the east, because of a sign in the heavens. The heavens were declaring this newborn king. What is God up to? Again, we look at this scripture, these scriptures and we read them year after year after year. If you're in the church, you've been reading these for your whole life. But what is God really up to here? I mean, why would he make the coming of Jesus known to astrologers? Those that would adhere to the stars in the sky, magicians. Why would he make himself known in this way? What is happening? What is, what is happening? Uh, oh, and by the way, he shows up to a bunch of shepherds out in the field. And he shows up to a peasant girl, Gabriel, the angel. We get his name from scripture as well. He shows up to a peasant girl and says, I'm going to tell you something crazy. Like, you're going to get pregnant. And by the way, you just tell him the Holy Spirit did it. What? Makes you wonder, Mary, did you know? <laughs> what is happening is that God decided. God decided. Let's not make it any more difficult than we have to. Let's bring all people into the knowledge of the goodness of God. 
Let's not make it a mystery any longer. Let's bring them in. Let's bring them in. Let's show them. Let's give them the knowledge. Jesus has come. The king is born. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the wise men, all right? The, th- the wise men that came from the east. See, they came, when they came, they, they talked to Herod. They asked for a meeting with Herod, the king. And uh, he said, yeah, go, go find this new king of the Jews. And then come tell me so that I can go worship him as well. But this announcement, this star in the sky brought fear into his heart. Because a king of the Jews would be quite a threat to his kingship. And so when it came time for the wise men to leave, after they had worshipped Jesus, they found him, they worshipped him. When it was time for them to leave, an angel came to them and said, hey, Another angel came to them and said, hey, you need to go a different way. Go find a different route to go home. Don't go back to Herod. And this is what they did. So after they were gone, wouldn't you know, another angel comes to Joseph and says, hey, get up, get up. Herod is going to decree that all children, the age of your baby, male babies are going to be killed. So get up and flee to Egypt. Do you see the irony of this idea that Jesus, okay, think about how you think about suffering. Think about how you think about persecution, how I think about persecution. Think about the things that are uncomfortable in your life and how you perceive them. Here is a baby who has been announced as the king of the Jews. Here is a baby that has come to human family who has been told to his mother, this will be the savior. And yet in this moment, can you imagine what Joseph and Mary have been thinking? Because now they're fleeing for their lives. They're fleeing for their baby's life. In the middle of the night, they up and leave and head to Egypt for the safety of their child. This should bring into perspective some things about preconceived ideas we may have about how then do we deal with the uncomfortable, the sickness, the death, unexpected death. How do we deal with suffering in our lives? Do we approach it with joy, deep-seated joy with peace? Does the peace of Christ rule in our hearts when we hit those difficult times? When we ask the questions of, God, what are you doing right now? Where are you right now? Why, why, why? I have to believe Joseph and Mary, in this moment, there's a good chance that the irony of all of this struck home with them. And they probably said, but why? But why? So they left for Egypt. And now I want to pick up. And I want you to keep hearing this word, fulfill. That night, Joseph left with Mary and, and the child. And they stayed in Egypt until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. And just as had been noted by the angel that came to Joseph and warned him of this, Herod was furious and he proceeded to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. 
Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Now, when Herod died, another angel shows up and tells Joseph it's time to go back. You can go back, take the child and mother back to the land of Israel. And so Joseph got up, returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that one of Herod's ancestors was now on the throne, he became afraid. And they went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Fulfilled. The word fulfilled. Matthew's gospel, the gospel of Matthew, was written to convince the Jewish people that Jesus was indeed, he is indeed the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. In chapter 2, the word is fulfilled all the way through. This too is now accomplished. The word fulfilled. This too is now accomplished. This is fulfilled. Heaven declares that Jesus has come with signs and wonders and miracles. That he has come to fulfill God's plan for humanity. To show us a better way. But you guys, we are here on planet earth 2,000 and some years later. Our proximity to those events back then, well, like we're just so far removed from, from that time. And so sometimes, I think you and I, well, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes the significance of those events are hard to kind of get our hands and heads around. Unless, unless we believe that Jesus really is the king that has come. That his kingdom really is to be brought to heaven. A kingdom of heaven is, is to be brought to earth. Like you and I are responsible for this, this presence of Jesus here on earth. And every year, even though we may find ourselves wondering just how is this still relevant in my life, every year, we all, uh, during this Christmas season, we interrupt our normal day-to-day -day life to make room for this Christ to come and renew us again, renew our spirits. And what usually happens is we become more generous, we, uh, we give and receive more freely, we're more likely to consider um, others better than ourselves, unless... The other is after the same toy at Walmart that our kid has been asking for, and then we may look out for ourselves more than we should. But even in this season of, of, of uh, joy, of love, if we, if you and I, are looking for this temporary season to fulfill our lives, we'll be sorely disappointed. If we're anticipating any, any, and, and having experiences and thirsting after moments that we hope will bring the joy we're after, the happiness that keeps eluding us, the expectations we have. Man, expectations during the holidays. The ones we have and the ones others have that they're placed on us. We're going to, even during this season, 
and maybe especially during this season where we'll fail to meet our expectations and we'll fail to meet others' expectations. I don't know about you, but I've had a number of conversations and um, the storyline often goes in, in the direction of desperation. We are a desperate people. Many of us live in a place where we desperately long for relationship. We desperately long for peace in our relationships. We want to know that we are for each other, but the articulation of that is often difficult to express. When Brax said this morning that there were three of us back there praying, we all got the word anxiety at the same time, unknown to any of us, uh, until the other one started praying about it. And I, I think that's symbolic of what this season can be. A season filled with anxiety and missed expectations. A season where we get so caught up in the temporariness of this time that the, long, the longevity, we all want joy and peace and love for the long haul. But instead, we often settle for the temporary signs that we see that it's here and there and there and there. And we go to this, this, and this, and we expect to find fulfillment. We go to this, this, and this in our relationships, and we expect to find fulfillment. And yet, the source of that fulfillment, the source of peace and joy and love is in the coming of the King Jesus who came so that my sense of self would be restored. He came so that he could take a position of being a human being, a nobody, so that you and I could become a somebody. Jesus came. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted, to address the fractured and lost among us, to make the paths that are crooked, to make it straight. Jesus, our Savior, he came to fulfill, to fill in the rough places, to make them smooth. This is the word of hope, you guys. Jesus, the word of God made flesh, he is our hope. He is our fulfillment. Again, from the prophet Isaiah. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill brought low. Here he is prophesying of the coming of Jesus and the work of Jesus even now among us. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. What a good word of hope and encouragement that is for us this morning. The good King Jesus has come to make the rough places smooth, to, to take the crooked paths and make them straight, to give us life everlasting. This is good news. This is the good news of the holiday season, the Christmas season that we're in. Would you stand with me? In the context of history, we can see all the signs were there. Signs all around. We have the benefit of looking back we have the benefit of looking back. We aren't right there. 
except that we are right here. We get to look back and say, what in the world, why couldn't they see it? Why couldn't they see the coming of the king? Why wouldn't they have accepted it in that moment? But here's the deal. You and I, we stand here in 2021 on the verge of breaking into a new year. And for many of us, our eyes have been closed because of the chaos, the difficulty of these days. We've been loaded down with the burden of life. And yet the signs of renewal, the signs of freedom, the signs of grace and peace are all around us. Can we grasp it? Can we see? Will we open our eyes as we step into this season of joy, this season that should be embraced with love and grace, this season where we find hope. We find hope and meaning. But it's not a temporary hope. It's not a, a moment of, of temporarily finding ourselves in a place where we can find peace. No, we want it for the long haul. We need it for the length of our life. We need it today and tomorrow and always. All the signs were there. The prophets talked of his coming. The Jewish people were aware of these prophetic words, and yet his coming was so different from the expectations they had. Life becomes so different from the expectations that we have, the ones we place on ourselves, the ones we place on others. Those expectations that we have when life doesn't look like that, that's when we miss it because the people, the ancient peoples that witnessed the birth of Jesus, he didn't meet their expectations that when he came, he did. He came to his own, but his own did not recognize him. His own people rejected him. But here's the beauty of it. But to those who did receive him, those who saw the signs, who took action, who put their trust in him, those were reborn. Those were given a new birth. Their minds were renewed. Their hearts were restored aligned with the God of the universe, the God of creation, the God who says, let us make them in our own image, the God who sees you and I even now. The God who looks at us now and says, I wonder if my coming will be the difference in their lives. Would you pray with me? God, it is good to consider all the ways that you come to us. All the ways that you come at times where we uh, can't even find a way to identify those things you're doing in our lives. We ask that you would open our eyes, that you would make it clear to us. Give us perspective that allows for the unusual to happen for the things that we don't expect to actually happen and 
we can be amazed and we can be astounded at the ways that you come to us. Let our astonishment translate into life change. Help us to see the signs, the declarations of heaven. Help us to see them even now, even in these days. I speak life and blessing over every heart, mind, soul that is in my hearing this morning in this space and online. God, would you give each one of us what we need in these days? God, we expect, we have great expectations and we know that you will far exceed every expectation that we ever have. So open our eyes. We open ourselves to you, Father, this morning again. We give ourselves to you. And we step into joy and peace. And we step into worship of our good King, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.